Well, I got to tell you, I kind of like this streaming device. Let's just start there that I got a screen up that is the actual streaming software. I got this camera that I bought at a local camera store 2016 and I got YouTube right in front of me. So it's kind of amazing that someone, as long as you have an internet, and as long as you have an iPhone, you can go live and just literally talk about your ideas. So welcome to the podcast show. We're going to make this a weekly thing. One is because I need to implant and kind of solidify and tattoo a lot of ideas that I think about during the week. I also have a coaching call on Wednesday. So it's always a good time to actually go live on Thursday. I've thought about it. And actually, a lot of the, the topics that I'm bringing up today... I was really coached on yesterday, and what I told him, uh, my coach, is that I'm really looking for that 1%. You know, a lot of people ask me, you know, what book should I read? And there's no one book. There's, no, there's, there's nothing that you're going to be like, holy shit, that was it. You know, maybe there'll be a revolution, say, in like the power of now, or the Bible, or David Goggins, or Tony Robbins, or something like that, or Grant Cardone 10X, or something along those lines. Like, if you need spirituality, maybe you'll, you'll go read David R. Hawkins, or you'll read Michael A. Singer. Highly recommend both those people, by the way. If you need wealth advice, maybe it's Think and Grow Rich. Maybe it's How to Win Friends and Influence People. Another excellent book for me was when I, my first book ever was Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. So if you're fearful, Dr. Um, rest in peace, Dr. Susan Jeffers, she was teaching at the New School, 230 pages, easy read. I've read it three or four times. I've gifted it probably about four or five times as well. Great book. But it's not going to change your life. And that's what I told my coach is that the revelation that I've had since coming back out of the forest, out of the abyss of the last two years, which was shit for me, was that I, it essentially burned away. It was like a forest fire. It burned away everything. I was just in Florida three weeks ago, and I was talking with my mom at this park that we were at, and I was like, there had to have been a forest fire here at one time because all of the brush was low-lying, and then in the distance were trees. We go to the exit, and we notice that they do controlled burns, okay? And I think of that as something that we should really be doing as well, is a controlled burn on all of the shit that we've cal calcified in our brain from our parents, society, government, media, schooling, teachers, our friends, our upbringing. You know, our upbringing has a monumental transformation to either make you better in other words most bodybuilders are not that tall and the reason being is they got picked on and now they want to become massive so big that nobody makes fun of them or someone that grew up really poor is now very wealthy or someone that grew up very ugly geek to chic was a jenny jones episode in the 1990s which was like a talk show host it was like this girl that had big glasses and nerds and freckles and pimples and now she's this gorgeous like 10 out of 10 and she goes back to the bully in high school who's now fat and overweight and she comes out on the runway strutting her stuff and you're thinking that's amazing she could have taken that calcified that she was bullied and just went and been a victim and that's essentially what this entire thumbnail and podcast is about. 
And I was really thinking about it because someone says something about, you know, the United States. And I really thought about it is that I have probably, I started going through my Rolodex, and if I took even an hour, I would probably double it immediately, of people that left the United States to go somewhere else. Whether it was the Philippines, I have a friend, and these are all friends, okay? These, this isn't like, oh, I heard. These are friends. Philippines, Costa Rica, UK, Germany times two, Israel. I have one in China who started an, an investor, real estate investor magazine who brings funds from China overseas and invests it in projects and things like that by private citizens. And by the way, that was kind of illegal. And I was actually talking with a homeowner yesterday and she was talking about coming from China is that they're not allowed to leave the country. Imagine that, okay? So a victim mindset is complaining about something and I'm like, dude, I got a buddy who's living the life on a 40 or $50,000 salary on the beach of the Philippines because that's what he wants to do and now he's really happy. If he was 40, 50K in New York City, not so happy. 40, 50K in maybe Idaho, maybe happy. But he's in the Philippines. He's got a wife. He's got a kid now. He's on the beach. <laughs> like, that's really what it is. It's saying, you know what? I know something happened to me because shit has happened to everyone. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? So I got a bunch of points today. This was actually... A couple of them, I'll bring up the examples that I had with my coach. So my coach has talked about all of the people that he has helped grow from zero to about 10 to $15 million in revenue. Essentially, yes. Do I want to be there? Of course. Do I know it's going to be challenging? I talked about it last podcast, is that there's really two things I really want to do in life, okay? That's outside of family and kids, okay? Because family and kids, honestly, is the number one priority. But nobody wants to say that. Let's just, I was thinking about this on the train. Let's just talk about this for a second. People think, this is the biggest lie being told to people today, is that your career or your job is the most important thing in your life. Newsflash, it's not. Top Five Regrets of the Dying is an amazing book. Highly recommend you read it. And you'll start to actually, this should be given to every high school person that goes on TikTok and goes like, okay, boomer. Maybe you should learn something from the people that are 80 years old and are trying to tell you a little bit of wisdom on what not to do or things they regret, okay? Top five regrets of the dying, highly recommend it. But I was thinking about this on the way up here is that we're being told that our career, most people, as Jordan Peterson talks about, have jobs. You just show up, you do the Excel spreadsheet, you attend a couple of meetings, and you get a paycheck. Newsflash, how is that exciting? How at 80 years old, you're going to be like, man, I'm so happy I filled out another Google Doc. I'm so happy I had another proposal accepted. I even know that, and I want to get a big business, okay? A big business, okay? So that is coming from the one question that I asked last time, and I'm reading... I'm finishing up this book called The Comfort Crisis. And I talked about it actually, it wasn't my last podcast, it was on Tuesday on my quick rant. It was 18 minutes, it wasn't quick, but you know, it is what it is. But this is what I'm saying, is that when you don't actually have boredom in your life, you can't actually plan your life. Because as I told my coach, is that in 2019, I was just going, 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 going. And there was no time to say, am I doing the right activities? Because to be honest, I was getting nowhere. You know, I, I was actually getting a lot of places in Ironman. You know, my, my fitness was at 
the highest level it's ever been. Like I, I will need at least this entire year to get back to that level of fitness. My nutrition is much better this year. My fueling is much better. My hydration is much better this year because I'm smarter and I've read more and I've matured on that. But my level of fitness then was insane. Okay, my, my resting heart rate was like 44. And some people are like, oh, that's too low. Once you get to that level of fitness, it's hard to get up. Okay, there's one this there's this triathlete called Lion. I won't get into it. But in 2019, because I was going and going and going with my triathlon, my fatigue was at a pretty high level. Okay, and my fatigue wasn't at a high level because I was lacking sleep. My fatigue was at a high level because I wasn't resting. And when I was resting, I was like, I need to be doing something. So I was reading. But what I noticed in the book that I'm reading right now called The Comfort Crisis is that I needed to have uh, downtime. I needed to have boredom, okay? And boredom is everything. Because in boredom, as they say in the book, is that you start to see where you're going wrong, where the problems are, are where in life you're breaking down, okay? That's vital. That's vital to know where you're breaking down. Is it in your relationships? Are you drinking too much like I was for two years? Are you eating too much? Is it sugar? Is it Netflix? Is it pot? Is it gaming? Is it pornography? Is it, or is it the opposite? I'm not working. I'm not wor working out. You know, I'm not dating. You know, whatever the case is, it could be too much like I was doing, too much exercise, and I wasn't paying attention to my business, and my business was breaking down, or I'm not working out, and I'm doing well in my business. Personally, I would rather have more in your fitness tank than in your business because your business, it's a direct relationship to your bank account. So if you're not doing well, you'll know. You'll know quickly because your bank account goes down, your business starts decreasing, whatever the case is, but your health takes a little bit longer to actually show up in your life. You know, it could be even decades until you're like, whoa. I was, uh, I was at the elevator two days ago and someone was talking about a hip replacement and it was kind of out of the, you know, the corner of my ear as we were waiting for the elevator. And I just thought about it. I'm like, that, that's gotta be, you know, she looked young, you know, she was obese, but she looked like in her fifties and you really think about it and you say, you know, a lot of people would say, I feel bad for her. And maybe I do, I don't know. Cause she said she had to go in for another surgery. But what I thought about is that I don't want to get to that point, okay? I don't want to get to the point where I'm going through hip surgeries at 50 because of weight I put on. If I played sports, that's a little bit different. You know, I know a lot of people that have done it because they've done gymnastics or they played football or basketball or they ran too much or something like that. But if you're overweight, that's not good because it's just compounding from there out. Okay, and those are calcified habits. So I'm gonna start going into it. I know that was a long rant. A lot of these podcasts are gonna go into long rants. But another thing before I get into this is that you must be the example. You must be the example, okay? I cannot solidify that enough. There's enough people out there that are either complaining or they're asking for advice. There's a very little amount of people in the middle that are actually saying, I'm going to do something. I'm going to be the example for my friends, for social media. I'm going to hold myself accountable for my spouse, for my kids, for work, whatever the case is. I'm going to get a gym partner. Accountability, but being the example. 
I've already given the, a couple examples of how I was an example to my parents when I came back from a Tony Robbins event in 2009. I was like, we need to get healthy, throw out the milk, throw out the sugar. And I went extreme and I noticed that it's like, okay, dude, take it easy. What are you doing? What are you talking about? We grew up on milk, but all the food and all the vegetables and all the milk now, it's a little bit different than say in the 50s and 60s. So let's start going down the list. This is actually what my coach, I'll actually go bottom up. This is what my coach said at the end of my call. And it was because he gave me something. After every call, he gives me homework and I have to, I have to get it to him by Friday. And it's always deep homework. You know, Cal Newport talks about deep work. Highly recommend that book as well. And what my coach said is that come back to me with start, stop, and continue. What do you need to start doing in your life? What do you need to stop doing? And what do you need to continue doing? So I came up with a pretty good bullet point list, probably maybe four or five items on each. And I'm gonna review it today. I came up with a preliminary list yesterday. I'm gonna review it today. I'm gonna to send it to him tomorrow. And I'm held to that. And that's really what it is, is that you need someone that's top down looking at you because you think you know you but you don't know you. My last post was about know thyself. And it was kind of more saying like, listen, I'm staying in my lane on the things that I enjoy and I know. I'm never gonna really talk about politics ever. I'm not gonna talk about you know, world relationships or any of that other jazz. I'm not gonna talk about media because to be honest, I'm not gonna do anything about it, okay? That, that's really my threshold is, am I gonna do anything? Am I gonna run for office? No. Am I gonna do anything about world politics and go out and pick it and donate and all that other jazz? No. So I'm gonna stay in my lane. And the reason being is too many people, I said this in the Instagram post, but it, it doesn't really come out well on text. But too many people are going too wide. And as my, my coach said, commit to the results you desire. He doesn't say want, he said commit. Commit. When you commit, that means it's bright line thinking, which is the next thing I'm talking about. There's a book called Bright Line Eating. I think that's roughly the title, but I know it's I, Bright Line Foods, Bright Line Eating, right around there. Um, I forgot her name, but it's a great book, and it says you have to have something in the sand, and it's like law. It's, law is you did something wrong, and this is right, and this is wrong, okay? The biggest thing that a lot of people have is they don't have a law in their life. They, they just buy cookies, they bring it home, and they don't know why they're getting overweight. They are continuously on their phone, and then they wake up, and they don't know why they actually don't have good sleep. It's because of the phone. It's not because of you don't have good sleep. you got to go to the root cause. So you have to commit to better sleep. Commit to getting into shape. Commit to actually making money or saving money. All right, moving on from there. So my bright line, as I wrote down here, was that in 2019, I really wanted to do things or, or I wanted to bring my business to a level that I didn't, I didn't need to work on weekends and I didn't need to do all the showings, okay? That means I have to bring someone on, which means that I have to either pay them money or share my commission. In 2019, I'm like, that's nice to have. It's kind of like a BMW if it's out of your price range or a Tesla if it's out of your price range. It's nice to have. But the thing is, I wasn't committed. It was nice to have. It would be nice 
if I didn't have to work weekends. I've been working weekends literally for 13 years, okay? I should not be working weekends being 13 years in this industry, all right? My bright line was that I am committed to bringing in enough business that I don't need to be working weekends by December. That means someone is gonna be doing weekend showings, someone is gonna be doing other showings, so that frees me up to bring in more business, and then when I bring in more business, I'm gonna hire an assistant. The hiring assistant is gonna be able to do the paperwork and the administrative work that I'm not good at, that someone else doesn't wanna do, and that they're hired to do. That also takes a lot of money. And as I told my coach is that, only now am I actually committed to the results of doing that because I'm at the point of two things. I'm sick and tired of working weekends, okay? I worked, I had 10 appointments on Sunday and I had eight appointments on Saturday. I had no time off to actually just relax, okay? And it's not like burnout or anything else because I enjoy what I do. It's just, I like boredom. I like to read. I just wanna sit down or hang out with friends or something like that. So that's commit to the results you desire. He also said this when he was giving me my homework. When you're saying I wanna level up, you have to be specific, okay? Specific means that I want to level up in this area, bang. Specifically, sleep, not health, sleep. I wanna level up in paying my debt, specific. It's not saving money, it's paying debt. It's being financially free. It's being debt free, whatever you want to call it. It's being specific. A lot of people are very vague with their goals. I kind of was like that for all of my 20s. I, I went through my 20s. I was like, I want to be married. Okay, but what does she look like? What's her values? What's her family structure? What's her work structure? What does she want? Where does she want to live? What about kids? What is she? All of these things that I never thought about until my 30s, and I'm like, oh, actually, it's probably pretty good if I actually specify and write down exactly the type of woman that I actually want to be dating and marrying, along with kids. Work. What does your work look like? I just talked about it. I don't want to work weekends. I don't want to do administrative work. I don't want to be doing anything else besides actually building my business. Moving on. This is something I got from Nick Bear. Nick Bear runs... BPN, I think it's called, Bear Performance Nutrition. It's a supplement company. I don't buy his supplements, but he's great YouTube, great Instagram, and he's very motivating figure, and he's living at a really high level. And what he said in his last podcast, and this is extremely important, I'm definitely going to be doing an Instagram post about it, is it's better to be consistently good than, than occasionally great. Let me say that again. It's better to be consistently good than occasionally great. So the way that I look at this is that it's better to show up five days a week for 30 minutes at the gym than for five hours every three days. And the reason being is that you're literally putting so much intensity that you need to take time off. Then you put in this extreme amount of intensity. Then you take time off. But the problem with that is that your muscles don't have the capacity to continuously build because you put it through extreme level and then it comes down for two days. Then you put it through this extreme level and then it comes down. It's the same thing with sales calls. It's the same thing with a relationship. It's better to be consistently good because you're consistent, okay? I noticed that in my training, I'll, if I miss two days, I feel it. I haven't missed two days in 
a couple of weeks now, but if I miss two days, I feel it on my run or my bike. My muscles actually start to atrophy. I think they actually say that after about 48 or two or three days, your muscles start to atrophy. You know what also starts to atrophy? Your brain. When you don't use it, when you don't do puzzles, when you don't do something different, you got to use this, okay? That's reading, that's learning another language, that's doing a craft, that's getting better at a creative endeavor. That's the best way to, it could be building a shed or, build, or rebuilding a car. This is the thing is that creativity is the capacity for your, ba- for your brain to continuously expand. You must be creative. If you are in drone mode where you're just droning and you're just going throughout your life, your brain is not growing. The myelin around your brain is not getting thicker. It's not growing. You must increase your creativity. Moving on. Stop believing in, in things that steal power from you. So this is the example I gave my coach is that I have to have a bright line in my Instagram explorer feed. And the reason being is that mine is filled with lions, cars, skiing, triathlon, athletes, and then there's an occasional political post. And you know Instagram does that on purpose. You know Instagram does that on purpose because they want they know that the lion is going to be the lion, the 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 running person is going to be the running person, but the political post that gets you going. That's that's your emotions. And this is what I'm telling you people is that bright line must include an area of, of your life that is easy to shut off. So for me is that my bright line is no more Instagram Explorer. My coach goes, what are you talking about? Why do you even look at that? I'm like, well, you know, I go into Instagram. I don't really scroll f- through because honestly, I don't want to give them money through the sponsored posts. So I say, I don't go through the feed. I go to the Explorer page and my coach goes, why do you do that? I'm like, I don't know. And he goes, that's your bright line. That's, that's, that's where you're committing to results. Okay, your results must come from you not doing that. Okay, so that was in my start, stop, and continue like I talked about before. My stopping is no more Instagram Explorer page. Okay, because for me, I then go down an emotional rabbit hole of checking out the comments and then I scroll more and I disagree and then I agree and then I want to post it on Instagram and then I think about it later. I think about it before I sleep. I think about it in the shower and I'm like, oh my God, really, this is my lane right here. My lane right here is ensuring that I put out a consistent personal growth podcast about how to level people's up, how to level people's lives up. And the reason being is that I have to be the example, number one. And number two is you must be the example. Okay. It is not about going on Instagram and showing up. It is not about going on Instagram and consuming a bunch of bullshit that they put out, especially anything that, that triggers you or gets you emotional, whatever the case is. If you follow Fox or you follow CNN or you, you follow any of these other organizations that put out political posts every single day and you just get and then you send it to your friend, you send it to your cousin, you go, I can't believe this administration. I can't believe Trump. Whatever the case is, is that I don't even look at that. So I don't know what's going on. And you know what? It's great. I don't care because so many other people do. And while they care, I'm just doing this. Last thing. What are we on? A couple of minutes. The more validation you find, this is so powerful. This is what, this is a great place to leave on. 
the more validation you could find from yourself on your own achievements, let me just read that again. The more you can find on your own achievements, the less you look on the outside. Put it on a t-shirt. The more achievements, why? Because it makes you feel good. Because you did it. You put in the work. You deserve it. Anything that's given to people, you know, I, I was at a um, apartment, or I shouldn't say that, you know, I, I've worked with people that apartments have been provided to the children for no cost. And all they have to do is pay the monthlies. I don't have an issue with it because it's their decision. I'm working with them and things like that. But I wonder if my parents gave me an apartment, how I would be. You know, what would my thinking be? As opposed to me struggling for the rent, me struggling to build the business, me feeling good when a, a reward happens. And the reason being is that when a reward happens, I know exactly where that money is going to go. It's either going to be building the business, it's going to be going towards rent, it's going to be going towards trial funds. That's my focus. That's my bright line. Personal growth, which is books, triathlon, which is training, and building my business. Those are the three areas. That's it. I'm not complex. I'm really straightforward and simple. Everything else outside of that, when it comes to media and entertainment and Hollywood and music and the Kardashians and TV and Netflix and movies and TV series and politics and all this other crap on the outside, I got my walls, okay? I got my border. It doesn't penetrate. And that's what my coach was talking about, is that you have to commit to those results. Because if you commit and then you go outside, you stay outside because it's fun, it's engaging, it's entertaining, okay? The validation through my 20s really messed me up. And the reason being is that I grew up with a lot of wealthy people around me. I'm Catholic, but I had people, I went to like, 20 bar mitzvahs, I was invited to like 100. My parents were like, you don't have to go to all of them. I'm like, you're right. But some of them were sick. One guy rented out the MSG locker room. You went throughout the locker room. Another person had it, and their house had a basketball court, an indoor gym, and uh, multiple pools, and jacuzzis, and spas, and basketball, and tennis court. And the house is probably worth 10, 15 million dollars at that time. It probably worth, uh, maybe it's worth that amount now. I don't know. But I just remember walking around and I was never exposed to that amount of wealth ever. It was crazy. I'm like, do you have an indoor gym? And this was in the 90s when no one really went to the gym or worked out until like the early 2000s, or at least me. And I remember looking around and just saying, like, they had a BMW as their first car, you know? I'm looking at the more validation you could find from yourself. So what validation was I getting? I was getting, I'm not enough. I don't have a car. I don't have a house like this. At a young age, it's, it's valid thoughts, but if you continue with that, it's not. You're doing the best that was given with you from your parents who worked their ass off and who are great parents who gave you values, okay? If you didn't have that, then you could say, listen, I didn't have that. I'm going to make up for it and get married and give it to my kids or whatever the case is. But this is, this is the ironic part. Through my 20s, I bought $1,200 suits that I couldn't buy. I went to $500 dinners that I couldn't buy. I went out and had bottle service for $400 a night. And I couldn't afford that. And I went into debt. 
And the reason being is I was chasing external validation. I was chasing the validation that I was not getting in my early teens because everyone else was driving around in Beamers and Saabs and you know SUVs and Mercedes and all these other G-Wagons and you know this one girl returned a car because she didn't like the color. Like that was, like I, I couldn't process that. <laughs> I still can't process that. That's, that's a little too extreme. And what I noticed is that if you chase validation on the outside, especially with social media, is it is a bottomless pit. It is bottomless. I chased dating, food, going out, alcohol, partying, money, suits, all of the external things. And ironically enough is that I was actually doing really good achievements by starting in real estate with no money during a financial crisis. Like that's a pretty good achievement. Then I had another achievement by making more money than I ever made, say 60,000, then 80,000, then 100,000. And I'm thinking those are achievements. But I was actually chasing the external achievements of the suits, the car, not the cars, but the suits, the food, the girls, the going out, the partying. And I was always around people that always had more money. So I was, I was trying to live up to their validation. That's powerful. Where are we seeking validation? From a partner, from a job, from a friend, from society, from social media? It's hard. It really is. It's not easy because you get a direct relationship of the amount of likes that you have or the amount of followers you have versus other people or the amount of money you have versus your friends or your friends are married and you're not married. There's direct correlations of people that you grew up with or that you know or that you work with that you can compare yourself. It's almost one-to-one. -one. So I understand it's challenging. But this is where Joe DeSena, and I've talked about this many times, is that, and I did an Instagram post about it, is that your, I personally think is that one of the biggest achievements most people have outside of kids and continuing in a successful relationship or marriage or partnership, whatever it is, is a physical or physical endeavors, climbing a really high peak. Uh, I have a client that she's done almost the entire Appalachian Trail, which is like 3,600 miles. I could be totally off on that. I have no idea. But she did like 80% of it. And it's elevation gain of, of, of an extreme amount. I don't know. I'm totally making up numbers now, but it's like 30,000 feet. And she's in her 50s. That's, and she's done extremely well financially. She had a very nice home in, in Midtown, and then she moved to the Burbs, and she was by herself, so she had a little bit more time, but she did extremely well in her career. But what she always shared with me were photos from her hikes, her Appalachian Trail, because she would do, I guess, one week at a time, and she would show me these beautiful photos of just nature and being out there and everything else. And what the comfort crisis this book talks about is that there's really levels of nature that you can go into and you kind of level up. Um, your physiology, the more you spend in nature, and there's science behind that. But what she was really showing was physical endeavors that were her biggest achievements. And that was internal, enough to share it. So I personally think that fit, because most everything has been domesticated from our food, from our technology, from our entertainment, from our comfort, from our sleeping, from lights, from heating and cooling and and you know, agua, pretty much everything in life has been domesticated. And that's why I love triathlon.
because it pushes me to a limit that I can't do in New York City because it's a physical endeavor. And your body kind of rewards you with dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, all the feel-good hormones. So as Joe DeSena talks about is put something on the calendar. Put something on the calendar. Put a 5K. Put a 15-mile bike race. Go out this weekend with a buddy of yours or your spouse. Walk around the block a half an hour without headphones. You know, that achievement alone, I'm going to tell you, will supersede anything you're going to do during the week, probably. Okay, unless you did something extraordinary. But a lot of people look forward to Saturday and Sunday that are bike riders, weekend warriors like myself, because those four hours, when you're by yourself, you're out by yourself. You're pumping, you're working, it's hard, it's challenging, and nothing really at work unless you run a big company or you have a lot of responsibility on your plate will even come close to that. Really, most people just show up at a job and they do it and they think that's the most important thing in their life. It's very sad that media is telling them that that's it, that that's life. And it's wrong. And I'm pushing A, against it, but B is ensuring that you guys are the ones that are also pushing against it, pushing against this nonsense narrative that sweating is good and it should be done often. Okay, through physical exercise. And for me, I don't care what you do. If it's swimming, it's great on the bones, it's great on stretching, it's great on the shoulders, it's full body, it's legs, it's core, it's shoulders, it's arms. Swimming is probably the best exercise. I go to a gym that I'm the youngest person by 50 years. Seriously. It's like they look at me as I'm an alien because I'm under 60. And it's great because. I look at them and I say, this is what I want to be. I, I want to still be going to the gym at that age. I don't want to stop, you know, and they're going to the gym because they want to avoid going to the doctor's office or breaking a hip or whatnot. And one of the biggest things that I see in these podcasts that I'm listening to is that as you age, you slow down. And that's the worst thing that you could be doing because you need stress on the bones, you need stress on the muscles because it's the hip, it's the back, it's the fall, it's the balance that's necessary. And it's better to start now and not when you're in the emergency room or not when you're 70 and the doctor says, listen, I got some bad news and then gives it to you. So that's this week, uh, gonna be going live every week podcast long form. We're also going to be doing a quick rant that's sporadic, but we're also going to be going back to the book reviews as well. I know a lot of people like that. Got to build out the personal website. Uh, it's kind of a little outdated and whatnot, but if you guys have any questions, uh, can you talk about authenticity? I face a lot of disproval, emotional abuse growing up. I want to be open, honest, expressive, but had the strategic uh, instead of trying to avoid negativity from others. Authenticity is what I talked about in my last Instagram post. And honestly, the first time I actually uh, listened to this is, that's awesome. Grandpa is still going to the gym at 90. And a lot, this is most important for men, is the reason a lot of times men die early is because they retire from their job and their job was their identity. And in a lot of cases for men, that's the case because we're drawn to that. Men are drawn to our identity of work, okay? Throughout time, that's how it was. And personally, 
That's how we've evolved, is that your work is your identity. That's why when you talk to a guy, what do you do? One of the first questions, what do you do? What industry? You know, things like that. When someone retires, you actually see this in professional sports. A lot of people that retire from professional sports that don't have business endeavors immediately on their plate, two things happen. Number one, they'll probably go and spend a lot of money. Okay, Kurt Schilling lost uh, $500 million or $100 million, and Mike Tyson $100 million. There's plenty of sports figures that lost a hell of a lot of money. Okay, that's a lot of money to lose and spend. Okay, number two is they immediately lose their identity. Their identity was football, basketball, hockey, baseball. It could even be triathlons and then I get injured. Whatever the case is, or I'm a runner, I'm a swimmer. I, I was in college. I was a D1 athlete, I'm now out of college, I don't have an identity, you gotta bring out an identity. The number one thing for men is they need to move that energy, they talk about this in Think and Grow Rich, and Think and Grow Rich, they interviewed the smartest minds. I don't know why people would not read that book. These are the smartest minds, and they say these are the most important things, and then Napoleon Hill says, okay, let's make 13 chapters. One of them is called sexual transmutation. For men, we have to take that energy, that sexual energy, and put it towards something. If we just sporadically release it, we're everywhere, and we're not growing. And to be honest, we have no identity. And on top of that, we feel lost, we're gonna get depressed, we're gonna go into alcohol, we're gonna go to porn, we're gonna go to drugs, we're not gonna get married, it's gonna suffer at work. That's what happens. You have to channel this somewhere, okay? A lot of men for decades channel it into work. When they retire, they then don't know what to do. They could play just so many rounds of golf. They could just do so much work around the house. They need an identity that they've lost or they have given up, not given up, but have retired from, which is work. So as Sam says, his uncle's still going to the gym. That's necessary. There's two reasons for it. Number one is it gives you something to do and look forward to. You must have, I was, I was reading this uh, book many years ago, and this guy, he's very high and powerful and everything else, and he was saying that when his father was nearing his elderly age, that they did not live near each other. But he would send his dad a letter every week and say what his son was doing. You actually saw this in Gran Torino. It was kind of sad a little bit that, you know, the parent takes care of the kid and then it reverses where the kid takes care of the parent and, you know, the, the kid's too busy for the parent and then it switches where the parent's too busy for the kid when they're calling each other. I'm getting the chills thinking about it. It's, it's a very powerful movie, um, little religious undertones too there, but you essentially say is that if you don't have something, so going back to that story is he would write a letter about what he did and he would always include something that the father would look forward to. So there's two things. The father would have to walk out and go into the mailbox looking for the letter. So that was something he was looking forward to, number one. Number two, he was also reading something about his son, but most importantly, his son would include a birthday that they would all be attending, whether it was his sister or mother or someone else, that they would see each other. So it was something in the future to look forward to. And he ends the, it was either in a book or a podcast or an article, but it, it really hit me, where he, he, he said it was getting towards the end. And you kind of know. And 
in his, one of his last letters, he said, Dad, look forward to your 90th. And his dad was kind of like not going to make it. And he made it to his 90, 90th. And then within literally 30 days, his, his dad died. That's the power of faith. In other words, faith that something's going to be good coming up. The, the, the anticipation that the future, the best way to put it, it's a compelling future. It's a compelling future. You need a compelling future. If you don't have a compelling future, it's, it's, it's why when you retire at 60 or 70, and then you don't have a compelling future. I, I worked a, a conference. I know we're going, what, 12 hours over right now. The uh, one event that I went to, two women came up to me because I was working in the, the sales, on the sales desk, and it was about relationships, the event. And two women came up to me. They're in their 50s. And they said that their husbands have really lost their mojo. And the reason being is that they kind of gave their business away to their son or to their business partner, and they don't know what to do. And the wife is still in her prime, in her stride, and she's just still energetic, but the husband is really, he's lost. And she goes, how do I get that vigor back? How do I get that 40-year-old self that he was so invigorated to wake up and hustle and our conversations had vigor and excitement and emotion and everything else? And I really thought about it. I didn't have an answer at the time, but I do now is that that must be translated into something else. There must be an endeavor. It could be housework. It could be building a project. It could be restoring cars. It could be volunteering. Highly recommend volunteering. My, my mom and my dad, my dad would look forward to going to the VA hospital, which is a Veterans Association hospital, Veteran Affairs, I'm sorry, uh, hospital. He was a veteran himself. So he would always go there every single Monday and volunteer. My mom would go and he would look forward to it. He actually got a bunch of pins, awards for how much he volunteered. He had a nice green jacket. He looked forward to it because he dressed up. It was a big thing, okay? You got to have something to look forward to. So authenticity, let's go through that really close. Um, how old is too old to live with your parents? Uh, I would say 35. I would say 35. Because up until then, you kind of take care of them, but you got to get out of the nest. You got to get out of the nest because from 35 to 40, it's going to go very fast. And once you hit 40, you need to be very established on your own just in case something happens to your parents. And the second, if you meet somebody, okay? So for me, it was the opposite. My parents were like, oh, you just graduated college, Alabama, a little bit late, but you graduated college, go move to New York City or go into the city. I'm 30 minutes outside the city and I always go, went in. My mom is from Queens, so I was always a city boy. But literally, I was within a year out of my parents' house. And trust me, there was months I was delayed on rent and couldn't pay rent because New York City is pretty expensive. And I was not doing well, spending too much and all that other stuff. But that hardens you. You also get an appreciation when you start making a little bit more money or it, you appreciate your money more as well. Um, I could see it because I know in a lot, a lot of Asian cultures that it's a community aspect. I think that's a little bit different than the Western. But the Eastern philosophy is more family. I could see that and I like it because you're taking care of the grandparents, which essentially took care of your parents, which essentially took care of you, okay? So I can see that reciprocity. I see it in New Jersey when I go bike. There's a large Asian community that, run, that walks, and it's, you see all the generations right there. There's probably 100 
that are all the generations. They're all friends. They're out in nature. They're walking. They're together. It's community aspect. I love it. I love seeing it. I honestly do. I always wave at them. They wave back. It's really nice to see. It's something that the Western society really needs to pick up is that family aspect. Going back to authenticity is, I'll, I'll leave it on this. I actually first heard about this word from someone that, yeah, maybe now he's a little, you know, I don't know, maybe his name is through the mud or whatnot, but he came out with a, a program called Landmark. And I went one week and I didn't know what to expect. I've never heard of this. People say, you're going to be attending a cult. And I was like, all right, well, I already signed up. It's only three days. I'll go. I don't really know. I did meet one of my good friends, Jeff, who we traveled to Puerto Rico and we did a three-day, 375-mile bike ride. And also we bike outside of the city, even though we haven't really done that lately. We're going to start doing it again. So I met a really good person. But there's two things that I learned from that. And authenticity is essentially understanding what is the truth, not what you want to be the truth or what you think is the truth, what actually is the truth, okay? It's rule one of Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, admitting I'm an alcoholic. That's the truth. The other truth is I drink enough to get by. I drink a lot. No, you're an alcoholic, okay? Authenticity is essentially being real with yourself. It's saying, uh, this is how deep it is. That you are five minutes late. You don't blame it on anything besides saying, I left too late to arrive on time. I'm late. And I apologize. Okay? And by the way, when you know, the moment you know that you're going to be late or something is going to happen where you're going to have to cancel, you don't cancel last minute or you don't arrive late and then say something. You say it the exact moment that you know. And in New York City, you know, because you know when there's a train delay, you know when the trains are coming, you know how long it's going to get there and walk there and things like that. So I now, as much as I can, text and say, hey, listen, my apologies, I'm three minutes behind. And by the way, that could be like 20 minutes before the appointment or 30 minutes be before the appointment. But I know in that moment, the truth is I'm going to be late. I'm not going to text them five minutes before or arrive late and then apologize. The second thing is, on top of that, in relationships. So I was in a great relationship for most of COVID. And the reason it was so good is because we were so... We were very different people in general. You know, she believes very different things than I do. Like, very different on a lot of things. But we communicated very well, and there was a respect level. And the reason was because we listened. Okay, so in a relationship, your truth cannot hurt someone else. Okay, because it's your truth. If it, if it hurts them, that's them. Okay. And I know that's harsh, and I know a lot of people say, well, you know, we got to make sure that everybody's feelings are validated. No, that's incorrect because you're validating their feelings without actually looking at your authenticity. So in other words, if you believe that, I don't know, something, something big in the world say that you can like your body, but also you can be overweight, Okay, so some people say, well, if you tell people they're overweight, that means you're telling them they shouldn't like their body. 
It's two different things, people. One is blood tests. One is psychologically. So that, to me, is a bright line of two different things, okay? And I'm firm in that. I'm firm in that. I don't say, oh, you feel good? Even though the doctor says you're very close to type 2 diabetes or you're on the way to a stroke or hospitalization or disease, oh, okay, as long as you feel good. I'm not like that. That's my authenticity. But authenticity only can come through extreme, two things, extreme ownership of your thoughts through deliberate study. If you just believe it because you believe it, but you haven't actually questioned it, or, you, or people haven't questioned you, or you haven't actually looked up the other side and understood the other side, then you can't really call it your own because you're essentially just saying something to be counterintuitive or counterculture or the opposite, which is even worse, which is be pro-mainstream thoughts or pro-group think. That is the worst thing you could do. The other worst thing you could do is be anti-group think and just do it because it's against the group without actually having an idea, okay? Authenticity also means that when you are not doing well, you're not shaming yourself, but you're essentially saying, okay, I'm in debt, or this relationship isn't going well, okay? You're admitting it to yourself, you're not saying it's worse than it is, and you're not saying it's better than it is. You're essentially first principles thinking, saying, this is something we gotta work on, okay? We gotta work on this. It, say it's a relationship, you talk for two minutes about what I could be doing different, I'll talk to minutes about what you could be doing di doing different you talk about two minutes about what and this is not uh like taking out the trash when someone says you know they're getting mad about taking out the trash and whatnot it's not that okay it was building up through something else and you want to get to the core of it because you want to grow together Auth authenticity as well is that you stick with your principles when it's not when it's not uh, popular. I th there, there is, I'm going to say something that I heard and it was so, it was actually going it, to, it's reserved for podcast three, but there is an epidemic of cowardice. There's an epidemic of cowardice. It's disgusting. It really is. It, it's like, oh, oh, this is the new thing I should believe. Okay. I believe that. Oh, this is the, this is the new thing. And that's why I don't, I have a bright line in not going to Instagram feeds. That's why I have a bright line of never going to Twitter, not watching news, not going to anything mainstream. And the reason being is that they have a narrative. They have a, uh, they, they want to they build up emotion. They, they, don't, they want to entertain you. That's really what it comes down to. It's like WWE for the real life. And for me is that I have, I, that's not going to help me. Okay, there's a lot of people that, that think group think or mainstream think and they think it's good for them. Okay, consumerism, spending too much and not saving, not investing, hooking up with whoever you want, drinking as much as you want and going out, not caring about your body, not caring about your sleep, not caring about your relationship. It's endless. Your job is most important. Your career is most important. All of it. It, you know, there's a reason we've evolved or created, whatever you believe, we've evolved or created the way we are. 
And when you start to study evolutionary biology and psychology, you really start to say, wow, modernity, modernity is very off on a lot of things. Sitting is the new smoking. Sugar is out of control. Monsanto is not good. GMOs are in a lot of things. Milk isn't good. I was growing up on that. You know, social media and, and as Gary Vaynerchuk, social media, people would do it anyway. No, dude, people are committing suicide. Meth is over 100, or um, not meth, uh, opioids, 100,000 deaths last year. It's going to go over that this year. Extreme amount, alcoholism up, alcohol death is up 40% or 30% year over year. Okay, 30%. But let's talk about Will Smith and Chris Rock. You know? You, you, you got to have bright lines. And authenticity for me is, I don't really care. And the reason I don't care is because I'm not going to do anything. And really my calling, you, you, you know, you really need to see what your legacy is. What's your legacy? Because you're going to have a legacy, whether you like it or not. Your legacy is, well, he scrolled through Instagram a lot, or he was always on Twitch, or his Facebook feed was top par. You know, mine is... Good father, number one, then good husband, number two, then he was good business person, okay? But enveloped in that is health, okay? That's the core. The core is health. You must prioritize your health because then you don't have the sex drive you want. You don't have the energy for work. You don't have the energy for your kids. You know, I grew up with a lot of parents that, unfortunately, uh, they prioritize partying or alcohol or going out or missing games or not being around and they didn't have enough energy for their kids. And to be honest, uh, I think those kids are still chasing a lot of things, you know? And yeah, was my dad always there? No, but when he was there, he was on. And that's the thing is that you gotta be 100% when you're there, all right? So if you guys have any uh, questions, I'm 32, still here. Eduardo, my man, you gotta you got make a plan, my man. You get The number one thing, what did I say when I started this? Commit to the results you desire. If you desire that you want to be home because you're taking care of someone, that's a little bit different, okay? My parents desired me out of the house. <laughs> so I got out of the house, you know? And for me is our family was more about independence um, on that, you know? And we're close, but they were more about, you know, go out and do your thing. And we all did. And I see it as self-gratifying to do your own thing, but I also see it as very nice that you're home. But at 32, you got, you, there's really, unless you're doing something that is positive and you're not lying to yourself saying, I'm doing this to be positive, but you're really saying that as an excuse. If you're not doing that, you gotta make a plan. You gotta commit to the results you desire. And the first thing, which you got to do, and I said this the second point when I started, is you have to say, where do I have to level up? So for me is I need to start waking up at 5 a.m. again because I felt better, I slept better, I worked out better, I came to the office more, I was more productive. 5 a.m. for me works. For other people, it may not. But for me, I need to start doing that. And this is the thing. You could do whatever you want, but you have to sit down for 30 minutes and say, like Tony Robbins did last year when I said, actually, I want to cross the, the triathlon world championships and qualify for it. What do I need to do? And it kind of passed my mind. After he asked, 
What do you want? And then sat there in silence. What do you want? If you don't know, nothing's going to happen. Definition of insanity. And then the third thing is figure out, and you already know, what you do that, as I said here, is stealing power from you. What are you stealing? What is stealing power from you? We all have it. You know, for me, when I wake up in the morning, what steals power for me is that I want to email. I want to get back to all the people I didn't get back to last night. That's not important at 6 a.m. And what's important is you get on the treadmill, you go outside for a run, you get in the pool, you get on your bike. That's what's important. Not answering emails. Whether I answer it at 6 or I answer it at 9 a.m., it's not going to make a difference. Okay? My clients aren't going to be mad at me. But I make the excuse and I say, well, I should get back to them quickly. That's stealing power from me. All right? We all know something. 2020 to 2022, it was alcohol for me. And then that went into a complete just vice salad of bad things. Really bad things. So you don't want to go down my path. You're 32. I'm 36, turning 37. You need to have a plan for the next year. Okay? You don't have to move out in the next year. I say you do, and you'll figure it out. You got to get your feet up there, man. And to be honest, your legacy otherwise is going to be that, you know, like, what do you want your legacy to be? Is it going to be married with kids? If it is, you got to, you got to start getting real good to be attractive to girls because the marketplace for dating is not freaking easy. Okay. It's not because men are not needed in a woman's life today. A woman gets all of her needs met that she would have not been met a hundred all the way for 150, 200 million years, you know, 150,000 years. 250,000 years, you know, homo erectus, homo sapien, you know, either way is there was needs for met in a woman's life, not anymore. And if you don't meet those needs, you're not getting someone that's going to be as good as you want. Okay. It's a, it's the reality that's called authenticity is that I'll give you a quick story and I'll leave it here. Getting over other people's judgment. The easiest way, by the way, to um, get over other people's judgment is understanding that it's not their judgment. It's just that you feel insecure about their judgment. I'm going to say that again. It's not their judgment. It's just that you feel insecure about their judgment. I heard this from a buddy of mine, very young, 20, 19 years old. And he, he's a short guy, but he got tons of beautiful women all the time. Just always had women around him. And I, I go, and I'm, he was like 5'8". I was like, dude, what, what do you, what's your secret? He goes, most people look at me as 5'8". I look at myself as 6'3". <laughs> I'm like, okay, uh, explain. So what he was saying is that if he feels insecure about his height, women feel that. And it's the same thing with the judgment is that, if you feel insecure about your own opinions, if you feel insecure about what you believe, then of course judgment and everything else is going to, it's going to hurt you. I highly recommend you read the book uh, Untethered Soul. 
Untethered Soul by Michael A. Singer. Don't come on another live until you read that book because what essentially is happening is that energy in the form of auditory is coming into th this energy. This isn't solid. This is all energy. Everything is energy. That vibration is getting converted into things synaptically and chemically in your brain. You then put meaning to it, and then you call it judgment. That's really what's happening. Or you could say, I'm authentically me, like I said in my last Instagram post, and say, I'm going to find my tribe. My family thinks I'm weird as hell, okay? <laughs> I hang out with them 10 times a year, 8 times a year. They, I see them often. This isn't like, oh, I'm going to see them next year. No, I'm going to see them Easter, birthdays, Christmas, Thanksgiving, uh, July 4th, you know, Labor Day weekend, my birthday, like... Mother's Day, Father's Day, like I see them a lot. They think I'm weird and strange, okay? But for me is, I'm happy. I'm, ex I'm, I'm, I'm happy. And it used to hurt, the judgment, but then I noticed is that it's, it's because you're doing something different. What do you judge? Things that are different. You know, that's it. You, you judge the new iPhone. You know, my brother said, I'm never going to get it because I want physical keyboard. He's got two iPhones right now. <laughs> and now he says, I love this big screen. I could watch a big movie. Anything that's different. Tesla, this is so stupid. I can't believe it. It's never going to be cool. Anything. Anything that's different is always, always going to be scrutinized. And it should be. It should be scrutinized by the marketplace. And if it survives the marketplace, sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. Look at the criticism that anyone that sticks their net gets. It's whether it affects you or not. My recommendation, you double down. You double down. You don't hold back. Whatever that judgment is. For me, I read too much. I eat too healthy. I'm too disciplined. Uh, I'm, I'm psychotic. I'm neurotic. I'm you know, self-centered, whatever. I get it all. A, a girl called me um, someone that doesn't have sex, and I, I forgot the name. I don't know. I had to look it up. Involuntary incel. She called me an incel. A little far from that, <laughs> but I thought it was funny. You know, if I was 21, 22, yeah, that would have affected me. At 36, I think it's funny, you know. So that's it. If you guys have any questions, leave them in the comments below. Podcast number three is going to be a banger. Already have four, four bullet points for that. And again, have an amazing day. Commit to something. Stop being a baby. Stop being a victim. Get after it. We only live one life. It's a spiritual life. Stop thinking it's all this just back and forth physical world, online, offline, friends, this person. Ah. Relax. Take it easy. Let's get bored. All right? Cheers.